Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Welcome back to the Boiling Point. Dave, I am sweating for real reasons right now. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. No one wants to hear about it, is what I've been told. Feedback I, I, about I, I, No I, one wants to hear about where we are, technical difficulties, so we're not even going to talk about it. Well, we have to talk about it because one of, the, one of the great people that gave us feedback is our guest today. So it was really neat asking for feedback, and people actually gave us feedback. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And today, on the Boiling Point, we have somebody very special, somebody who uh, is really rocking the... The podcast world, in fact, uh, in the photography genre, and this guy has spoken to all the iconic photographers in the world, and is incredibly cool um, what he's all up to. And I, I really want to introduce you to him sometime in person, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I met him at NMX this year, uh, and we've uh, we've chatted a number of times, and we're we're well connected. And I still am always afraid of pronouncing his, his uh, name wrong. So we're, we're going to give it. A try. I call him Ironics, but. I, I mess that up every time. Ironix, how are you, man? Uh, correct me again if I'm wrong, okay, brother? <laughs> hey, Greg, it's great, great to talk to you again. It's always a pleasure. Uh, my name is pronounced Ibarionex, so it's Ibarionex. And I'm sure, you hate, I'm sure you hate it when people ask you multiple times. <laughs> and is there any nickname that you go by? No, 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 no. It's Ibarionex. My wife calls me other things when she's mad at me, but most people just call me Ibarionex. So, um, so can you tell us a little bit about the candid frame? Um, this for, for us in the podcast world, um, you know, we listen to your your podcast certainly at our shop, uh, Ibronics. It's uh, you know, it's it's a regular on my uh, on my list. But why don't you let, let our audience know a little bit about you and uh, and also what you're doing in the podcast world of photography? Well, um, the the podcast was created about um, almost eight years ago, or or maybe eight or. I lose track of time. It started in 2006, so whatever that makes it. Um, and uh, it's an interview show in which I feature conversations with photographers about their work and their career. So unlike a lot of the other podcasts that are out there that talk about equipment and gear, uh, I'm talking more about creativity, about the business, about basically living a, a creative life. Uh, that is what sort of interests me more than and talk about uh, equipment or gear. Hmm. And uh, it started because uh, I, at the time I was working as an editor at uh, a couple of photographic magazines, including Outdoor Photographer, and I had a really long commute. Right? In Los Angeles, 30 miles doesn't seem like a long time, but with LA traffic, that's a commute that uh, was usually about two and, a half hours, two and a half hours round step every week. Every day. Uh, and uh, I was listening to books on tape at first, but then I discovered podcasting and I started listening to all these shows, uh, especially all the ones related to photography. And so many of the shows were really just talking about equipment. I thought it was quite a shame that no one was talking about photography. And I said, well, I know all these photographers and I know how to interview people as a result of the work that I do at the magazine. So let me just sort of figure this out and start producing the, uh, the show. And uh, eight years later, I'm, I'm still here doing it. 
And the thing that I think is really amazing about that, and it's, it seems to be common when I speak to other podcasters, is we find a niche, uh, an audience that we want to speak to, but because there's so few players in the space, you've got the opportunity really to own a, uh, a vertical in, in the this, this subculture. So what you're saying is um, so many of the podcasters are talking about gear and uh, composition and all, all these, these great things, but you, you found a place to, uh, to explore even further about, you know, uh, you know, almost where the inspiration of some of these photographers are coming from and uh, a little bit more deeper stories about living creative life. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I mean, I basically created a show that I knew I would want to listen to. Um, you know, so, some other, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but sometimes they just end up being background noise and I kind of, but I wanted a, a show that would really kind of hold my attention for that, that commute time. And that's just why, um, the show tends to be around 45 minutes. Cause I think on average, that's the, the average commute that most people have when they're, when they're traveling to and from work. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of people who listen to the show, uh, listen to the show while they're, while they're commuting or when they're doing work. But that's why I kind of have timed it for, for the amount of time that I do. And it, it, it just bottom line, I wanted something that would really engage me for that period of time. And um, when when I listen to shows that are about gear, uh, there, there'll be certain parts where I'll listen very attentively because it has something of interest. And other times I'll just zone it out until they pick up on, on a topic that I, I find you know particularly engaging. And I think that and you know one of the other reasons is a very purely selfish one is that I wanted that chance to talk to some of these people. Um, some of them are really famous photographers, and other are other people are photographers people haven't heard uh, from. But I was really excited about their work, and I wanted an excuse to be able to talk to them, pick their brain, and really inspire myself in my own, own photography. And as a result, you know, I share it with an audience of the world, and they they get the same benefit that I do. Yeah, that's very cool, Yvonne. It's like so. I, I got a question for you. Like, how how receptive are um, the people you're interviewing to coming on to the show? Like, especially as you're reaching out to some people that maybe you've been tracking for a while. Um, what's the response been to getting on a you know spending time like you are with us today, getting on a, on a podcast and, and and you know going through this interview? How how have people responded? Well, the great majority of people um, are really open to appearing on the podcast. There's some people who don't get the concept of the podcast. They just know that it's sort of an interview. Okay. And so um, they see it as an opportunity to sort of promote themselves. So regardless of whether they have a complete understanding of the podcast, uh, they, they're really in tune to the, the, having an opportunity to share something about their work, a book, an exhibition with, with an audience. And when I contact them, it's usually via email first. And I tout the fact of who's appeared on the show previously. So I'll, I'll mention like Ralph Gibson, Mary Ellen Mark, Elliot Erwitt, Joel Meyerowitz, Dan Winters. And, you know, when I when I include those names in there, it, it's a way of vetting myself. Oh, totally. So so that I can get access to the to, to people that I might not otherwise uh, have access so, to. So hey, here's another question. Right? And you've, you didn't mention Mark Hemmings in that list. Oh, geez. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a chance to listen to, to interview Mark Hemmings, and, and, uh, who I know very well, Greg's brother. And, uh, and a couple things came across. Um, 
first thing is is you you're even as I'm listening to you now, um, just a very kind of calm demeanor. Very you know, it's just very cool, right? Very different than probably what we bring across. It comes across <laughs> from you and me, Greg. He's <laughs> a seasoned pro. Day. Yeah, like clearly, like just smooth and you know, I just felt I was relaxed and I felt Mark was in good hands and it was. Uh, I really liked the questions you were asking and. And what I'm what I'm wondering is who do you find your audience is because like I would not be um, I, I have an appreciation for photography but I wouldn't probably be be looking for something like that yet I found myself this whole concept of living a creative life like for me uh, you know that that's something I want to do more of so what what are you learning about your audience? Well, I recently did a, a survey where I asked people to fill out a questionnaire so I found out a a, a good a, mountain about people and i think it's it's pretty surprisingly it's diverse i mean we have working professionals who listen to the show and they're also uh, dedicated enthusiasts of photography and they're also people who are um kind of discovering photography for for the first time and they're just looking for inspiration but i think you know, one of the unifying things i think for everyone there is that everyone is trying to find a way of making a photography as sort of an integral part of their lives, not necessarily becoming professionals and earning a living as a photographer, but finding ways of getting better and making you know, this this thing that we do a bigger part of their lives. And that's why I, I, I really enjoy not only interviewing masters of photography, but interviewing people who may have normal day jobs, but still manage to not only make the time for, for photography, but to make exceptional work. And I think that that is a, a really great inspiration because it can seem like a huge chasm uh, between, you know, living your life and being out there, you know, making images and, and sharing them with an audience. And it seems like the only way to do it is one way. You know, you have to earn a living. And I think that the show really kind of demonstrates that there are a lot of different paths to leading a creative life. And if anything, I want to inspire to inspire people to be able to find their own path. Uh, and I think that the diversity of guests on the show really can help people do just that. So this is a really uh, a far more universal podcast than stumbling upon a photography podcast. Because uh, I, I have the same question, actually, because uh, it feels like your show is incredibly accessible to uh, professionals and, uh, and non-professionals alike. Have you found it interesting or difficult to attract the non-photographers to stumble upon your podcast? We're still in, a, in an era of podcasting where it's pretty easy to find great podcasts. Um, what, what would you say your, your tactics are to, you know, to attract, you know, the average Joe and Jane to, to find your podcast? Tactics? What's, what's that? Yeah, it's just like um, some. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah, I'm answering your question for you. Jeez. You know, I I wish I had a tactic. I wish I had uh, um, a real concise um, means by which I I reach out to people. And the, and the answer really is, uh, it's it's word of mouth. That really is the biggest thing that's out there. I mean, I'm on social media like Facebook and Twitter and, and, and Google Plus, but for the large part, um, people have shared the show. They discover the show and they tell someone you really need to listen to this episode. Uh, and that's really been the means by which this show has grown over the last several years. Not because I had any grand marketing scheme. I was just here, you know, just putting out a show and putting it out there. Um, because the the show isn't the, the, the main means by which I earn a living currently. Um, 
I was so busy doing other things that I could only dedicate a, 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 a modest amount of time each week just producing the show. So it just, I just believed from the very beginning, I believed that the show would be successful and sort of grow organically. And I just let it, it's, it's grown to be, you know, quite a size. I'm oftentimes self ranked like in the top 10, top 15 in terms of the visual arts category on iTunes. And uh, I think that's really a testament to, to the fact that people really believe in the work that we're doing. So what was that like? That's interesting, eh? Because you're like a real, I mean, from my vantage point anyways, like a real pioneer in the podcasting world. I mean, I've just, via Greg, stumbled into it myself. Um, but, you know, you, you know, years ago you started this. And what, you know, what was that point? And I mean, I'm, I'm listening very intently to your answer here, where this became less of a, well, not, not that it's not still a passion, but, but it became a way of making a living, as you described. Like, what was that, you know, at what point did that, did you cross that threshold? You know, what, it, what started happening is that opportunities started coming my way as a result of doing the show. Um, I, my first book was Chasing the Light and uh, Improving Your Photography Using Available Light and that was a couple of years into the show, and when I send the the, the query letter in to, to Peach Pit, which ended up being my publisher, um, Ted, uh, Ted uh, who was my editor, the one who bought into the project, was already aware of the show. So I, I had a certain cachet as a result of, of doing the show because I started getting some name recognition. And that started creating more opportunities for me as a photographer and as a writer that I don't think would have been available to me had I just been writing magazine articles. It, it really helped to differentiate me. You know, there's been a fair bit of discussion, certainly in our community, about the value of podcasting. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on to the show uh, is just to kind of inspire other people about, you know, what they can do by building communities around uh, well, around blogging and uh, a whole bunch of other things, but podcasting in particular is this phenomenal way to become a voice in your industry. You don't have to be an expert necessarily or the best in the world, but if you have the ability to bring guests around uh, the microphone who are going to bring value to your listeners, it kind of it, it, it brings you into a place of authority. And that's it, kind of what you were just saying. You know, when you when you wrote the book. Uh, the decision makers were like, "Oh yeah, we we already know uh, Canon Frame." You know, it, it gave uh, it gave you this this great uh, credibility uh, because you are having these conversations with so many of these iconic photographers. And uh, I, I'd love to hear a little bit of your perspective on that because uh, it's kind of what we're trying to do here with Boiling Point. You know, just it's not that Dave and I are the experts in uh, or, or the best uh, executive coaches and filmmakers on earth. We dream that we are sometimes. Um, but we want to be able to, you know, inspire people through other stories. So, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on that? You know, that's a good, uh, really good question. I think that that though I may not have thought about it in these under these terms at the time, I think one of the reasons the show is successful is that I was building from my personal strengths, and by that I mean my ability to be able to interview people, and more specifically to listen people while I have these conversations. Um, there are a lot of interview shows out there, but uh, people are practicing really poor interview skills in which they just throw out questions and they're not really listening to the answers. 
Um, they throw out a question, the person answers, and then they go to their list of questions. And that really doesn't result in a conversation. And I think that one of the reasons people enjoy the show is that they feel like they're listening in to a private conversation. And I think that because I was coming from that point of strength, it really helped to differentiate the show. And I think also the fact that it was it was a show I was really creating and sort of forming based on my personal needs, what I wanted to listen to, what I needed to be hearing from, you know, these great photographers. There was a hunger in me to do more with my photography. And I was frust frustrated. And, and by hearing these conversations and conducting these conversations, I got so much inspiration, so much insight into what it can mean to really make the effort to go out there and use the camera in the way that I wanted to use it. And I think that that for anyone who's interested in making a podcast, you really have to come from it from a place where you're where you're doing it for really personal reasons, because you want to make a show that is not just mimicking or just improving on stuff that's already out there, but really creating the kind of content that that really would feed you if you were just a listener. And I think if you can find that and create that that there will be an audience for it. It may not grow immediately, but if you stick, you know, if you stick to it, um, the audience will find, will find you. It certainly worked that way for me. And I, I think that's been the case for a lot of podcasters out there who've, who've, you know, who've stuck it out and been really successful with it. Oh yeah. Well, here I got, so I want to just um, dig into that a little bit more, this idea of, of how you interview and how you're listening, mm -hmm. right? And and creating a, it sounds to me like you're describing a different conversation. And um, and I, yeah, that's so, that's true. And as I actually reflect on, on what I've listened to, um, you know, and, and the interviews I enjoy the most, that certainly is the case, right? And I know, so I do a, I do a column and I'm not a journalist. I do this column, it's called Leadership Unleashed and it's in the provincial paper here in, uh, in New Brunswick, Canada. And I, f and I found that I was really interested in just listening and understanding and learning from these various leaders. And, and, uh, and so it's a kind of a non-traditional format where I just put a recorder down, we have a conversation, and then we transcribe it and try to make, you know, make it, um, edit it so it's, it's halfway readable. Um, but, you know, so, so I, I kind of think of the, 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 the various interviewers that I really like and I would love to, to, to kind of get to that place. Who do you listen to that you really enjoy as an interviewer? Or like, and, and, you know, I guess that would be the first part. And the second part is, you know, how have you honed your, your skills in terms of ability to interview and listen in a way and respond to what's actually being said versus being kind of, you know, uh, formulaic? Right now, my favorite interviewer right now is Jesse Jesse Thorne, who does a podcast called Bullseye. Okay. Um, I think he's probably one of the best interviewers that's currently out there, especially regardless of whether they're on a podcaster or not. Um, the way I kind of describe it is is listening to his show. I kind of formulated what a good interviewer is, and and for me, a good interviewer is not the person who knows to ask the right questions but as someone who is sincerely interested in the answers. Curiosity. Nice. And Jesse is is just that. I mean, sometimes I'm listening to the show and I, I get excited at the questions he's asking because it's just like, that is the perfect question. That's the that's the question that I would want to ask of this subject. He's, you know, interviewed everyone and he has this infectious enthusiasm that really just 
just love. And of course, there's you know Terry Gross, uh, Elvis Mitchell. Um, uh, though he's not around anymore, Studs Terkel um, was a great was a great interviewer. Um, surprisingly, William Shatner. Uh, he had his own television show. Where he, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, William Shatner had a, a, a interview show that, and uh, for a short length of time, and he would just uh, interject himself during the conversations, which is a style that's very different from mine. But he was able to elicit stuff from people, which I thought was really fascinating. But I think all these people are really intent, intense listeners, and that that's what makes them really really good interviewers and i think that i listen because i don't work from a bunch of a list of questions i make some you know some chicken scratch notes on a, on a pad of paper of points that i want to do and then i i formulate my first question very carefully because i feel like it 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 sets the tone for the entire conversation because i'm not going to ask someone well how did you get started in photography or when did you know you wanted to do this because i think that that, that everybody does that and I really want to set the tone and, and let people who I'm interviewing know, oh, this isn't going to be just a typical interview. And then from there, I just listen. And oftentimes they'll, they'll say something that will pique my interest and that will lead to the next question. Or I'll just follow up on an answer that they've given that I feel like they could expand on. And from there, we just kind of riff back and forth. That's beautiful. I, you know, and that's so it's heartening to hear that because <laughs> that's uh, certainly a philosophy I would personally subscribe to. And because um, uh, I think it just makes it more interesting because you just don't that because then you what's left is there's, there's anything's possible. You can have any conversation because I didn't know today, for example, we'd be talking about. You know, as one of the of the items interviewing, you know, and and, the, and and how to how to create a good interview. One of the, the I'm just if I could, I'll just share someone who I think is a brilliant interviewer, and I believe Greg he's interviewed you. Okay. Um, Gian Gameshi. Oh, he's he's fantastic. And man, this uh, um, this guy is brilliant. And and uh, and just as, as an example, I you know I heard him interviewing Barbara Streisand a couple weeks back. And I think it was earlier this year, but well, but he's he's trying to conclude the interview, and I'm I'm imagining how many people, if you know, want to or have interviewed Barbara Streisand, and you know she must get is a kind of a grind. So towards the end of the interview, she goes, well, no, well, just wait before you finish. Uh, I want to jump back to a point you brought up earlier, and she carries the interview on for like an extra ten minutes. You know what I mean? Wow. And it was so it was fabulous, and it was elicited by this guy's ability to be really authentic. Brilliant questions, but he brought himself into it, but not in a way where it was about him. You know, it was it was amazing. It, it was fabulous. And it's, but you've been interviewed by him. I, I, I have been twice actually, and you're making me laugh because uh, uh, it reminds me of the time when Gianco Meshi interviewed Billy Bob Thornton. Have right. you heard, have you heard of this, uh, Avionics? Have you heard no, this? No, in this heard of oh my gosh, man! Do a quick Google search after we're done and look up Gian, which is G I A N. Gomeshi, G-O-M-E-S-C-H-I, and Billy Bob Thornton. It'll be the most uncomfortable experience you'll ever watch on YouTube. <laughs> and you are going to see him, the, the interviewer, put into a place uh, that I'm not too sure if any of the, of the highest ranking interviewers would have been able to deal with. And that's all I need to say to you and to the listeners is check that out. In fact, we'll put a link on our uh, on our notes, on our show notes. Um, another person I wanted to talk about uh, as far as interviewing 
love to get your perspective on this is uh, is John Lee Dumas. Uh, so I, I just started listening to Entrepreneur on Fire recently, and um, of course he's hailed as uh, you know he's you know the, the king of pop uh, podcast you know uh, in in business uh, entrepreneur settings. The, the thing that I think is a strength, but also what makes me uncomfortable, is the fact that he is in such control of his, uh, you know, of the person he's interviewing. So if they, if they slightly stray, he brings it right back in, which is good as far as efficiency, but it, it kind of makes an uncomfortable tone. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Have, have you listened to much of his stuff? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's a very different style. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's very clear on what he wants. And, yeah. And, and for me, I, I don't know what I'm going to get any time that I have someone on the show. And I, it makes me a little nervous, but I kind of like that at the same time because I, I, I like the unexpected. Sometimes the conversations can result in people sharing stuff that um, I wasn't expecting. And it, it gears the conversation into area territory that I welcome. And, you know, I, you know, I had one one interview, uh, and it's probably the worst interview I've ever had on the show. And <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names, but anyone, yeah, okay, I was going to really who anyone who's listening to the show will know which episode it was. Yeah, and, yeah. and the the guest just had their agenda, and there was there was nothing I had in my arsenal that was going to shake them from that, and it was just for me, it was a train wreck. I still aired it. You know, but um, some some people just they they just feel like I, I think they may have treated it like a print article, right? Which they think they're just going to pull quotes and stuff like that. But it was like no, everything I I record usually gets goes out there, and um, it really didn't showcase them in a particularly good light because. What what did your listeners say? Did you get any feedback? Oh yeah, it was so funny. A couple of uh, just a year ago, I got uh, an email complimenting complimenting me on the show, and uh, their comment was, "Never have that person on as a guest again." <laughs> it was like four or five years after I'd interviewed them, and this guy's. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. <laughs> well, um, now we got to go back and find. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so that's going to be the years goal. ago. Four that's, or five years. Yeah, yeah. Ago. We're we're going to comb through. Okay, so well, the, well the before, frame. well long before you met Greg Hemmings <laughs> yeah. or Mark Hemmings for that matter. So, uh, but that's another great. Thing. Thing about authentic uh, podcasters or authentic storytellers or authentic journalists or bloggers is you put it up anyway, you know. Um, and I think that's a, that's a great challenge for us, Dave, as well. Is and we we haven't left anything on the edit, edit room floor. You know, we really try to create this environment where the person we're interviewing feels like they're in the room with us and we're having a cup of coffee, you know. And uh, and it's unedited and it's raw. And I think that's why some of these podcasts work is it's just like what you said earlier is um you feel like you're a fly on the wall in somebody's private conversation and that can only happen if if that, that sense of authenticity is there and honesty and the kind of frame like you nailed it it's uh, it's fantastic and again we didn't even know the topic of today when dave asked me coming in what we're going to talk about. And I said, it's wide open. You know, we, we've got a phenomenal photographer and podcaster on as a guest today, but it's it's going to be a wide open conversation. So this is good. So, um, you know, closely to wrap up, what is, would you have any uh, advice or any any next steps for a lot of those people who are, you know, talking to me and probably you as well about, you know, I might want to get into sharing my story as a podcaster or get out there and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, connect and touch uh, more people through this medium. What's what's some of your uh, your advice? Would you say? Well, one I think is is 
is if you're going to do it, just jump in and do it, but be willing to, to, to stick in for the duration. I think a lot of people kind of peter out after a short number of episodes because all of a sudden they realize how much work is involved. Uh, but I think if you're doing it from a place where you're doing it about something that you're passionate about and then not just doing it because you think it's a good marketing move or because you you want to make a whole lot of money on it, um, you know, you people want you to be authentic, as you as you mentioned. But part of that is being reliable. And uh, if you can admit it in terms of you producing podcasts or, or uh, they're not going to trust you as a, as a content creator. And so I think. You know, I started the show uh, at first doing it every two weeks, and for me that was manageable. And at one point, I, I realized I needed to turn up the burner, and so I dove in and started producing shows every week. And uh, I think that's that's something that I needed to do. But by that time, I was ready to do it. So, uh, though a lot of shows come out every week, uh, probably a good bit of advice is probably to try and just start off with coming up with a show every two weeks, and. Um, and try to have as many episodes in the can if you can, unless you're doing it, you know, based on, you know, current events or something like that. Just to be, just to be able to, you know, ride that learning curve, which you're going to have for the first couple of months. And then when you finally get a groove and you got, uh, you're really confident in terms of all the technical stuff and, and sort of finding your voice as a podcaster, then you, you can increase the frequency or make changes. But, but, uh, you know, there's there's so many mistakes that I made, and all of them are public. <laughs> so it's so there has to be a comfort level with that. A eh? just being just that's that's part of the the uh, like living on the bleeding edge, isn't it? Right. Yeah, and I think most people who listen to the show are very forgiving, except for poor audio quality. Ah. So. Oh, geez, now you're killing us because we got <laughs> we had we had you coming in and out earlier on Skype. So Huffle had to edit, edit all that out. Yeah. Oh, the only time we'll ever edit is if it's <laughs> if, if we lost connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm listening, you guys, your your sound quality and and uh, and your content is is solid. So. Well, thanks, man. And we really do appreciate that. And selfishly, we have been bringing in some, uh, some you know, some heroes in our mind of podcasting, you being one of them, Dino Dogan, Mike Brooks, a few of these other people who really understand podcasting. And in a way, we want them to, you know, uh, experience our interview style and get their feedback. And uh, again, many thanks for your feedback, too, um, which was, you know, I, I'm a very fast talker, you know, and when we've got the you know, we've got the opportunity for a lot of people to listen to us slowing down and breathing. So, okay. And that, that's, that's a natural Greg Hemmings thing. I really need to slow it down a little <laughs> bit, you know, but uh, that, that's, that's feedback that we got. Yeah. Know? No, no. And I, and I, and well, I mean, and we got all sorts of great feedback. So, so and, and, and please, we're looking for more, you know, particularly around uh, interviewing style and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears when it comes to that. Ebronics. Um Last question I'll ask is, um, I, I'm just, you know, I'm really, uh, I'm, I guess, kind of captivated by this idea, this, you know, that you you describe, like, you know, how to, or, or you know, people wanting to live a creative life, and um, and and, I, and it goes well beyond photography, I believe, because I know I, I'm having a lot of conversations about creativity and what that means and how people can unleash it and how important that is um, to really exercise the the right side of our brain, if you will. Um, any advice, you know, based on your your personal knowledge or, or through interviews or just what you've learned around, you know, like how do pe- how do you help people create or how can someone help uh, start to create, you know, live that creative life that, that you're describing? Uh, 
do something every day. I, I, if you're a photographer, always have a camera with you and make pictures. Don't relegate it to just on the weekends or when you go on vacation. If you if you like to draw, um, have a notepad, have a moleskin notepad, and just just sketch. Um, I think that some of the most amazing talented people that I've met are always being creative. Uh, Dan Winters is, is is probably the pinnacle of that because when he's not photographing, he's building something. When he's not building something, he's drawing. When he's not drawing, you know, he's 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 you know being a beekeeper in 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 his in behind his studio. He's always doing something. And I think that that a lot of people um, think about being creative as something they'll do eventually. And it's like if you just turn off the television set, if you just you don't have to do it for a long, long time. I mean, sometimes because I work at home, I'm so busy that the only time I get to photograph is when I'm walking my dog for an hour and I have a camera with me. And I've been doing this series where I just, you know, while I'm walking the same route over and over again, just making photographs. And sometimes that's the only opportunity for me to be creative, but I'm being creative. And mm. and it's better than, you know, sitting in the office for weeks and not having made an image and sort of the frustration and and the disappointment that I experience because, you know, I'm waiting for this opportunity that may or may not come in the near future. So I think that it's just about making the choice every day to do something. And that, that even though it may not be a, a huge part of your day, it's probably going to be the most satisfying part. Oh, it's beautiful. It is. No, it really is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. and I, I think I'm hearing that actually, you know, what ties in even just having successful um, uh, podcasts and living creatively is having the discipline to make sure you're you're doing it on a daily basis, what I'm hearing from you. That's very good advice. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. And uh, let, let us know the best way for our audience to get in touch. Uh, yeah, they can listen to the show by visiting uh, thecandidframe.com, and uh, they'll see uh, the 282 interviews I have, or 253, I, I was kidding. Wow. Uh, that are wow. up there. And they can always uh, contact me by just emailing me at thecandidframe at gmail.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus. And uh, yeah, I always um, welcome hearing from people. Oh, this is great. Let's thank you so much for, for the time, man. And uh, I got to tell you, walking down the hall at that Vegas hotel, when I saw this cool guy walking with a really cool hat, yeah, I went over to say hi to him, and and it was you. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did, man, because uh, really, uh, the, those quick little meetings we had at uh, the New Media Expo turned into a bunch of really neat things. And uh, I, I really look forward to a long-lasting relationship uh, with you and ho really hope that we can uh, bump into each other again sometime in the in the really new, near future. Yeah, easily that was the best part of going to Vegas, having a chance to meet you. So, Greg, it's, it's my feelings mutual. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, let's have a great one. We're going to do a recap, and uh, we're uh, we're looking forward to uh, to following you on the Canon Frame. And thanks again, man. Have a great one. All right, guys. Take care. Take care, Cheers. you too. Thanks Bye -bye. so much. Bye bye. That was awesome. Yeah, he he is. Um, I mean, what a a thoughtful uh, person, you know, and and just sharing, and and just you just get a sense of. Uh, just a very, you know, I, I get a sense of just a very kind person. He's a very kind person. And, and thoughtful. I, 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 you said it right. Yeah, and just willing to share and and uh, and even to make time to be on here. And we had some technical glitches that no one will hear because of the <laughs> fabulous editing that that our that producer happens. Matt's going to do. We Matt, love we love you, Matt. Yes, thank you. but I I just I like what he had to say, and I, I mean, man, I was really interested in his interview style and what he what works for him and I, what works that by extension for his audience. 
because I think that would be, you know, you and I would really subscribe to that. So that, that was like, oh, okay, so maybe maybe we're not crazy, you know, or at least me. I'm not crazy in the way my kind of approach to it. Because I find if I get too, but I've tried it a couple times, right, in interviews, um, I, I get all my questions down ahead of time, and it's just too rigid. And I, I, it's not, I don't enjoy it. No, and no, the whole it's, thing, it's, the it's whole purpose natural. of doing this is, for me, not at all. Like, there's some points I want to hit. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool when you can go down uh, to a place um, and, and that just comes out like this, like describing, you know, him sharing, you know, here's the people you should listen to. And, uh, you know, and, and I've been thinking a lot about, you know, be able to bring up, you know, Gian Gomez, because I think he's a fabulous interview and just, and get your perspective on it, because I haven't heard a lot about that, you know what yeah. I mean? So, so what a great guy and, and must have been very cool to meet him in person. Oh, yeah, a fantastic guy. And, and like, like you said, he's just a, a calm, thoughtful person. So, the the voice that you hear on his microphone and the the person that you're imagining is him in real life right. you know um and i think that's that's one of my biggest takeaways too in learning to be an interviewer now thinking about that you know i have been interviewing people for film for many years uh but interviewing people in this format a little bit more of a radio style it's brand new so mm-hmm. so when uh, you know, he, he sent uh, you and i uh, a little bit of feedback a while ago about you know greg slow down a little bit in how you deliver uh that is worth gold, you know, but that's the type of just, thing he would just, tell you in person. And you just yeah. did right now. I know. As you thought of, you just slowed down. I slowed down. So it's keeping the enthusiasm, but <laughs> keeping it clear and slowing it down with that's what right. he was saying, hey? That's right. <laughs> uh, the other thing uh, that I, I took away was um, doing something creative every day. Yeah. And it is so important. And I think about that with, I almost feel that it might be a little bit of a disease that I'm afflicted with, maybe, um, where I cannot slow down. Um, I, I have fear of missing those creative opportunities. And whether that creative opportunity is going on a hike mm-hmm. or, um, you know, creating electronic music or playing in the band mm-hmm. uh, or making a film, there's so many things. And for you, for, you know, playing hockey and, and dining out at awesome restaurants and traveling, like you're, you and I are very similar in that, in that respect. You know, not letting that opportunity to be creative uh, happen on a daily basis is very difficult for me and fearful. That's the thing in life I'm, I'm most afraid of. Well, no, but you're a good, you're a really good role model, actually, of exactly what he's describing for me. Because I look at, you know, what you're doing. Every time I look at Facebook, I'm like, oh, my God, how did he go, the app, you know, whatever, the Appalachian Trail or where were you, like, recently? Like, you were, like, you know, the postcards come in through the, and I'm like, this guy's doing everything, right? <laughs> Greg, God love him. Like, how? <laughs> and uh, so, so it actually gives me a little, a little kick in the pants, right? I think the other thing to to um, consider is um, a lot of, and I like what he described is a lot of people don't, maybe they don't even, they see creative being you have to be painting, right. or, or or a photographer. Or, I mean, you know, those are the creative outlets. But uh, what you're describing and what I what what um, what. And I'm always going to have trouble with his name. Ibaronix is describing is that creativity lives all around us. And how do we access it and making but But I also heard this idea, and I mentioned it in the interview, is being disciplined enough to make sure you're ready to tap into it, right? So whether that's having the camera, the pen and paper, whatever that is, <clears throat> that's good advice, right? Because it kind of yeah. ties into that idea of the 10,000-hour rule, right, where, you know, we, we achieve match, mastery um, through deliberate practice mm-hmm. and um, you know and so I kind of think to myself well what are how can I do that more effectively and what what are the what are the things that, what are my creative outlets and, and how many times have you heard, heard people say oh I'm not creative I, you know that's not me yeah. I can't be yeah, well yeah. do you know what being creative doesn't necessarily mean art creating is creating a moment being creative creative is having a, a great 
authentic conversation with somebody. That's that's an act of creativity. Anything that you're creating, uh, and I like to say creating a moment, is creative. So if, if you're mm. one of those people that, that don't think they're creative, try every day um, creating a moment. Mm. And, that, and that might be jogging or skipping up the street. I don't know what... <laughs> In fact, I think that's a great idea. We should that, do that together. Why don't we leave? Hand in hand. Leave right now, hand in hand. <laughs> arm arm looped in our, in our, and we're going to- Oh, gonna, arm in arm is better. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't mind holding your hand. It's okay. It's, uh, we, we've done that before, right? You can, You know what, though? Honestly, in all seriousness, <laughs> and, and if people listen to this and they, 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 they want to uh, make any comments, anyone that knows Greg, and if you don't know Greg and you do, go in and look at his stuff, you actually could give workshops on being creative. Ah, I think they're I, really, honestly. You, well, can, if, you, if, you, if you haven't, you should. Maybe I should be a creative coach with Vision Coaching. You could. You <laughs> look at this. All these new lines of revenue, these new offerings. This is brilliant. All about the money, baby. Who do we have on next, man? Who do we have on next? Gene Fowler. Oh, from, uh, from, talk about creative. Like, yeah, yeah. And, a creative and you know what? Uh, he's got a story. So you know, uh, check it. Check it out next week. Um, check us out on Twitter at Bowling Point Pod, uh, com and Facebook on. Bowling point and uh, share and rate. We love uh, love hearing feedback, guys. Uh, and thank you so much for being loyal listeners. We'll check in next week on Go. Bowling Point. Be creative. Thanks for checking out this episode of Bowling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter, at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep that pot boiling. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.